Welcome to the clinical podcast series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for this episode is the association between baseline eye tracking performance and concussion assessments in high school football players. I'd like to thank our host, Dr. April Jasper, our topical expert, Dr. Nick Fote, and our topical editor, Dr. Maureen Plowman. And now I'll turn it over to Dr. Jasper for their review. Hi, everyone. I'm April Jasper, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Nick Fote. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. So the study that we're going to talk about today is the Oldham et al. July 2021 OVS paper. And here's the title, The Association Between Baseline Eye Tracking Performance and Concussion Assessments in High School Football Players. Welcome, Nick. And uh, let's start right out. I mean, I can tell you, my son played high school football. And I knew a little bit about concussion. I think many of us saw the movie. And so we were aware, but it's even more important to stay up to date with the latest research. So can you give us a brief introduction to the paper? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So the idea behind this test uh, really revolves around the, the fact that reliable tests and test batteries for con concussion diagnosis and return to play decisions after a concussion are needed. So we know that vision and ocular motor issues are very common in children after concussion. Uh, accommodative insufficiency, convergence insufficiency, and saccadic dysfunction occur in up to 51% of adolescents uh, who reported to a concussion clinic. What's not so clear and what this paper addresses is whether saccadic function uh, and testing of it tells you something different from uh, our other typical tests like the NPC or uh, or something like that, uh, and whether saccadic testing, uh, how, what the threshold for our testing should be uh, when, we, when we look at saccades, how good should they be before we allow someone, for example, to return to play from a concussion. So let, remind us again, go through the details a little bit more. I, I did mention high school football players, but who were the participants in the study? So it was a well-powered study, 102 participants, uh, 14 to 18 years old. Um, they may have had a concussion in the past, but um, the, not recently. Uh, and they were, these individuals were anticipating competing in football uh, in the coming season. And then uh, what methods were used or uh, what methods can you tell us about for this study? Yeah, so the participants completed um, a couple of different uh, neurocognitive tests. There was also a concussion symptom checklist. And then the other tests were in NPC, near point of convergence, binocular accommodative amplitude, and then something called the box score, uh, which is a test of, of saccadic eye tracking, basically, as I understand it. And then what were the primary results? So this was pretty interesting. The, the box score results were not significantly associated with any of the other tests, uh, suggesting that the, the box score is a unique thing that should be added along with these other tests. Um, the one correlation that did occur was between the binocular accommodative amplitude. This was correlated with prior concussions. Uh, and the authors, uh, although it's, it's not known at this point, the authors speculated either that 
the binocular accommodative amplitude uh, continue to be affected uh, long-term after concussions, or alternatively, the binocular amplitude of accommodation is associated with your risk of, of undergoing or having a concussion. Those were the those were the primary takeaways. Okay, so what would you say now to clinicians that they need to be really thinking about, and what is their takeaway as a result of the study? So uh, several things. One is the binocular amplitude of accommodation uh, very well might uh, suggest uh, either that the patient has had a concussion or, as I mentioned before, that they are at higher risk for concussion. So that's certainly a measurement that should be made. Um, the other interesting thing along those lines was that the that attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which is known to influence neurocognitive scores, um, did not affect the box score, the near point of convergence, or the binocular amplitude of accommodation. So uh, the those sorts of um, pre-diagnoses wouldn't affect those tests. And then for, finally, and probably most significantly, uh, objective eye, eye movement recording like that in the box test um, can provide a visual assessment and, and, at, and should be added probably to the overall test battery, both in diagnosing concussion and in determining whether someone should return to play following a discussion, excuse me, following a concussion. Wow, that's all great information. And I know it's helpful to us in clinic, but also great to know as a parent as well. So Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great to discuss the study and I know that it's gonna be very impactful for uh, all of us going forward. Thank you very much for having me. It's been fun. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen. Thank you.